When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at marines.com. Welcome back, everybody, to another episode of In the Trenches, presented by the Post-Gazette Sports Now YouTube channel and podcast network. I am Noah Hiles. Joining me, as always, are the two co-hosts here and two Pitt Panthers, Gavin Bartholomew and Jake Cradle. We are coming to you for episode three, coming off week two of the college football season. And, fellas, a little bit of a different vibe here. Uh... Not the result that anyone uh, in, in Pittsburgh was was hoping to see. The Panthers lose 27-21 at home to Cincinnati. And um, I was talking with you both about this before the show got started. And while obviously you two were not excited to ever talk about a loss because it means you guys lost, I think I knew when we agreed to do this, the first show after a loss – would probably be interesting because I think it gives you both a platform to kind of explain things a little bit more freely than you get in your availability the following week or even after the game. So I think that that's where we'll start. Um, just real quick, both of you, just give me your initial reaction to that that loss to Cincinnati. Yeah, no, it was um, from my standpoint, it was just a bad offensive loss. I mean, it's a loss where we only put up 21 points. We, uh, we got Phil sacked five times, you know, a ton of pressure. And, you know, that falls on my shoulders, you know, to begin with. And then the other four guys with me, you know. So, I mean, it's – and truly being the center, I take a lot of pride in, you know, you know, pretty much getting everyone in the right position, you know, having great great protection, you know, making our blocks in the run game, getting that going and stuff. So, I mean, to kind of have a game really like that where our defense stepped up and really played, you know, great in the second half is kind of – it falls on us up front, and that's something that, you know, we're going to get fixed, and we're going to, you know, hopefully throughout the season not have to not, you know, lose our, you know, our team a game. So that's that's my thoughts on it. Yeah, I mean, it, it was a tough loss either way you look at it. You know, it's never fun to lose, especially at home against Cincinnati, uh, a game we really wanted, a game we probably should have had. But, you know, it is what it is, and, you know, we got to move on for the next week. But, you know, one game doesn't define us, and I think that's what our team realizes moving forward. And, you know, that's why we're going to continue to, uh, to succeed. I wanted to ask you both this because not a lot of people can relate to what you both and you and all of your teammates had to kind of go through Saturday where there aren't many people who have played in front of tens of thousands of fans in a stadium. There aren't many people who can say they played on national television. And while the reward of that is when you win, you get all the glory there aren't many people that have had to deal with losing on national television. I just kind of want to ask you both. I mean, what is that like? What's, what is it like to deal with 
disappointment like that and where, you know, when I have a bad day or someone watching has a bad day, some people might know it, but everyone sees your bad day. How, how do you guys deal with that? No, it, uh, it's definitely, it sucks. It's, you know, something that I don't enjoy. You know, I, I hate losing more than I enjoy to win. So, I mean, that's what I'll tell you, like losing, losing is the worst, like you said, on national television and front of millions of people. I mean, that's, that's even worse. So, I mean, it, it's just one of those things where you got to leave a 24 hour rule, you know, sit on it and just kind of like, just, you know, look, look, see what you did wrong and stuff like that. And then correct it and, you know, move on and then move on to the next week. And I think that's where we're at now. We're, you know, day three, day four of prep on uh, West Virginia. So, I mean, we're excited for uh, this Saturday and just get back in the right column. Yeah. Like you said, it's never fun to lose on uh, national television, but I feel like, I mean, we did. And I feel like in that case, like, I feel like the biggest thing moving forward is like, forget about social media. Like that stuff doesn't matter. And I feel like that's something dudes kind of harped on this week going into a big rival game is just stay away from all the critics, everything people got to say, because, you know, that'll tear a team apart or, you know, make a team if they don't listen to it. So just doing that moving forward, I think is key. On the note of critics, I mean, I'll be real. I was one. That's my job is to write about you guys, whether you do well or whether you do poorly. And I told you both when we started this, I said, Gavin, if you drop a pass, I'm going to write about it. And Jake, if you miss a block, I'm going to write about it. And I was critical of the offense. And I think you both can agree that there deserved to be some criticism there. So we'll just take a look at the offensive line. I mean, Jake, we'll, we'll call a spade a spade. I, I, I think you would agree you did not have your best game Saturday. No, that was probably my uh, – honestly, that was probably my worst game of my career. Like, to be completely honest with you, it was, it was not a good one. I mean, I felt very confident going into it, but uh, coming out of it, I was not, uh, not very happy with the result of myself and the line and the final score. But, I mean, that's something that I can – you know, I see where I messed up. I see, you know, where I was just trying to – I wasn't trusting my training, my techniques and fundamentals, and I was kind of getting outside of myself. And truly, if I would have just played with my techniques, my fundamentals, and how I'm coached, I mean, I would have been fine. The offense line would have been fine. But I feel like we're just trying to do a little too much. And, you know, we're kind of overthinking the simple stuff, which really kind of put us in a bad position. And also, we got Phil – Phil sacked and you know when you you start putting pressure on him then he starts getting happy feedback there and can't really make throws you know like like we know Phil can so I mean that's something that we're definitely getting fixed and we're going to be so much better this week coming on Saturday against West Virginia. So Jake I mean I, I watched the game a couple times I mean I will say I did play center at Pop Warner uh, football and I was a JV quarterback so like my football mind might be almost as good as yours but it's not there completely yet. But just, just breaking down the film on a serious note, I mean, there, there's a lot going on before the snap of every football play. It doesn't matter if it's an extra point or a fourth down and 10 with the game on the line. There's a lot of movement going on. And, and you're one of the main people who's in charge of tracking that movement and making sure that that movement's noted and that you guys are going to be in the right spot to address all of that once the ball is snap, snapped. What are you looking for in those instances? What keys are you reading and what, what are you looking at to make sure you guys are checked into the right situation every play? Yeah, definitely. No, that's a great question. I think uh, the biggest thing I look for coming to line first is, you know, if it's three down or four down, that kind of drives our calls and different protections and stuff. But um, and then I ID that and then I try to find the mic, you know, which one, who's the mic, you know, Mike, 32 is a mic, and then, you know, that that kind of gives our, you know, our ID to the running back, and he can go one off of that 
or whoever we go to, you know, whoever we point out. And that's his read after that. And then if, you know, if they're a big pressure team and they have a bunch of indicators, then we can look at position of the linebacker, you know, or position of the defensive tackle, where's which foot's back, you know, inside or outside. And then you can look up, you can look at the safeties too. So just all depends. There, there's so many, so many keys and indicators and f- like factors that go into it. But the first one is just identifying the front and then just seeing where the mic is. And then that drives our calls. Gavin, my, my question for you. Oh, first off, I got to let you know um, on the note of social media, when you scored your touchdown, my girlfriend texted me and said, that's your co-host with an exclamation <laughs> point. So, she's a big fan. Um, awesome. But so on the note of the passing attack, you know, you guys, I thought you guys looked good throwing the ball in week one. And we heard about how this was going to be a different look offense. We heard about it in the spring. We heard about it all throughout fall camp. I even got to see a little bit of it. But that just wasn't on display Saturday. Obviously, you guys are confident in what you're able to do. But how do you kind of – but there, I think there's also probably an element of anxiety because of what happened last year where it's not working. How do you prevent that anxiety from setting in and, and not thinking, oh, crap, here we go again. It's going to be a struggle to move the ball through the air. Yeah, uh, that's just – you know, just keeping the team together, really. You know, you got to have everyone on the same page, and I feel like – you know, Phil being a great leader that he is, you know, he's telling the guys, you know, like we're going to we're going to throw this thing out in the air. Um, you know, we're going to try and get things rolling uh, in the past game. And I feel like, you know, that's just something, you know, we got to believe in and buy in. And, uh, you know, we also got to trust our coaches that, you know, they're going to make us or put us in the right uh, positions to make plays and uh, get the right uh, calls played. So and this is kind of the final question I have for the Cincinnati recap. I'm sure you both are excited to never talk about this game again. Um you know, it's, it's, it's a quick turnaround for you guys. And it's not like you're just going to play Virginia or another ACC team. I mean, you, you go from a tough loss at home to having to prepare for one of the biggest games on your schedule, a, a road matchup at, at West Virginia. You both learned what this rivalry is all about last year, getting to play in it. How do you take what – happen Saturday, learn from it, and make sure it won't happen again this coming Saturday when you guys roll into Morgantown, West Virginia? Yeah, I mean, you just got to, like I said, I, I think the the 24-hour rule, you know, that's a big thing we live by here at Pitt, you know, good or bad. I mean, big win or bad loss. I mean, 24 hours, fix, you know, correct the mistakes and move on. And then, honestly, it's just, like I said earlier, it just comes down to your training. You know, we we always, you know – harp on fundamentals and techniques and you know if we just trust that and trust our coaches and the game plan and the scheme and everything we have going in i mean we'll be fine we're a talented team and that's that's no that's no problem it's just our execution i mean like talking about last week our, we just didn't execute i mean up front we didn't execute that that was the biggest thing and the biggest you know i think you know sad part about the game is just we we let everyone down around us and um uh, and you know moving forward i mean that's just like I said, if we just trust what we, who we are, and what we can do, and what we're capable of, we'll be, we'll be fine. We just gotta go to Morgantown. We know it's gonna, it's gonna be a hostile environment. So I mean, I know I'm super excited for. I've never, I've never played down there, so it's gonna be, to me, something that we, you know, will definitely be, you know, hopefully a great, something great to look back on in the, you know, this, this time next week. So we're gonna, you know, super, super excited for it. Yeah, no, I mean the coaches talk about it all the time, and we meet in a unit, you know, whether we win or lose, you know, the plan doesn't change. You know, we're going to keep the same plan, you know, buy into the training, trust your technique. Um, 
and, you know, prepare to perform as a player. And I feel like, you know, after a loss like that, you know, you just got to double everything this week and then moving forward, just keep on doing the same thing. All right. Well, guys, I appreciate your insight there. We're going to take a quick break. When we return, we will, we will be joined by a big-time player in last year's Backyard Brawl, a guy named MJ Devonshire will be this week's guest. Jake and Gavin have some questions prepared from him for him, and we have a game we will play as well on In the Trenches with Jake Cradle and Gavin Bartholomew. Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Back here on In the Trenches with Jake Cradle and Gavin Bartholomew. We are joined now by MJ Devonshire, who will be the show's guest this week. Before we get into this interview, Jake, we need to know who this interview is brought to us by. Yep, this segment is brought to you by the one place in Pittsburgh where you can caffeinate and create, Brushes and Beans Cafe in Murraysville. At Brushes and Beans Cafe, you can enjoy a delicious latte, cappuccino, cold brew, and much more while relaxing, creating your very own masterpiece. For more info, visit our website at www.brushesandbeanscafe.com or give them a call at 724-610-3782. All right, boys, I'm going to head out. You guys take it away from here. My man, MJ, thanks for coming on, brother. You know, we truly appreciate thanks it. Thanks for having the me. The legend, of course, the legend. Always. Here. But uh, to get this thing started, I just wanted to talk to you about, like, how what's it like, you know, growing up in Aliquippa with a bunch of legends, like people that, you know, go places and get things done, become Hall of Famers, you know, and, you know, make impacts in the community. Like, what's what's that like and what's those uh, – how is it like filling those uh, footsteps? Um, it's great. You know, growing up, you get to see those guys and you get they're the example. Growing up, you, you want to be like those guys. You want to be like the older guys that are playing for the, the high school team and you get to live out that dream one day. Like, like I'm doing, being a guy that came from Aliquippa and gets to come to Pitt, it's, it's a great thing to be a part of and such a histor- historic back background. It's, it's always a great feeling. That's awesome. Uh, yeah, MJ, you're, yeah, 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 your pick last year. I mean, obviously we're going into West Virginia this week. I got to ask, um, what was going through your head, dude? When you saw that ball in the air, like, what were you thinking? Like, did you think you had a chance of picking it off or like returning it? No, it, it caught me by surprise. I honestly thought like, you know, he caught it, got to make the tackle. And then it, it, the ball just went through his hands and it landed in mine. And after that, it was like, don't get tackled. And then once I seen the end zone, I was like, just don't get a flag. <laughs> Stay calm. <laughs> get yeah. Side. yeah, no, absolutely. You can't draw a flag there. <laughs> yeah. 
I love that. So, uh, so you know, everyone knows, you know, you kind of from Alquipa chose Kentucky out of uh, high school. I mean, you had you had offers to Pitt, and I mean, all over the country. What what made you choose Kentucky? And then, second question to that is what what made you come home, come back home to play for us, the hometown team? Um, first going there was like you know just the relationship I had built with my position coach, Coach Clean. You know, being down there, I learned a lot of things. Uh, just taking my visit, it was different. I, I was attracted to things that were different when I was younger. And Kentucky kind of excited me. It caught my attention, and it just felt like it was where I wanted to be. And spending two years there, I made friends. I made memories. And, you know, I was a part of something for them that was special, winning a bowl game. So it was definitely a cool experience. But after a while, you know, I realized wasn't where I wanted to be anymore, and, and I needed to come home. And through the recruiting process, you know, coming back home, Entering the portal was scary. I thought, like, I didn't, I didn't know where I was going to be, whether I could be JUCO or just stuck in the portal. And Coach Dues, he reached out, him, Coach Sanders, Coach Collins, and, and gave me a second chance. And like I said before, I told him, like, most people don't get one opportunity to be recruited by Pitt. So, you know, I got a second chance. I, I figured I wouldn't mess it up. And just being at home, the family gets to see me play, you know, closer to home, down the street. I can just pop up and see my mom, see my dad. My grandma gets to come see me play now. So it's a lot of things that being at home been has, has been official. That's yeah, absolutely. Um, and then last question, uh, more so about like your position group. Uh, UDVs, you guys call yourselves the Hounds, correct, right? Yeah. How'd that come up? Like, did you, is that something you came up with? You know, who really started that? Um, it was, it was here before me. Uh, I want to say long before me, honestly, a couple years, I would say, um, I got here and I got in the group chat and it was just that group chat was called Hounds and I just been going with it. You know, I just I'm big on tradition and if that's the tradition and I'm following and I stick to it and the Hounds stick together. We go out to dinner on weekdays, one day a week, you know, we spend time together, we watch film together. So it just became a brotherhood and we just became like we're gonna be hounds, like a, a pack of dogs, we hunt together. Yeah, no, I love that. That's awesome. That's a actually, great story. Oh, go actually, ahead. Got one more question. Yeah. So, uh, so you know, with all the tradition there with the hounds and stuff, you know, having a bunch of draft picks to last. I mean, shoot, I've been here six years now. I mean, and I feel like there's been every year there's been at least one or two guys drafted. What's that like? Like kind of feeling like being in their you know shadows and shoes and kind of make your own like path. And then, kind of, what's it like? Um, you know, and Coach Dues' defense. You know, you guys play a lot of man. Like that has to be tough. You know. I know guys like you love it. I mean, I know you like being locked up man on man, but yeah, can you just talk about that? Yeah, you know, we being out there on an island is is different, but you know, like you said, it's such a historic room that so many people have done it before you and you kind of aspire to be like those guys. Uh Quez always says in the room, you know, pressure can do one of two things. It can burst pipes or make diamonds. So when you look at it like that, you know, it's like you got two choices. And most people want to become a diamond. Most people want to get to the NFL. So you, you got to take that pressure and embrace it. And you just got to go out on that field and know that you're playing for something bigger than yourself. You know, I try to tell the guys that it's just bigger than the guys in the room. We got that board in the room of guys who've been drafted and went all conference. And it's it's trying, it's trying to figure out who's going to be the next one. And, you know, hopefully one day after us, we get to say, like, yeah, he was under me. And we, we helped him, gave him tips to hopefully be the next draft pick. That was a good, uh, a lot of great questions there, uh, Gavin and Jake. I, I, before we get this game going, 
I actually want to share a story about MJ and see if he remembers this story. Um, MJ, I, I actually covered MJ when he was in high school at Aliquippa. Uh, when I was young, you were talking about when you were in high school and you were today during your media availability, MJ, you're like, there were no cameras there. Noah Hiles was there with his camera <laughs> filming at, for the Beaver County Times at the time. <laughs> I took that a little personally, but <laughs> <Love that. laughs> it's all right. MJ, one, one of the first times I think I ever spoke with you was actually after a basketball game. Um, you guys played at Swickley Academy. I think you played Avonworth. And the story I wrote about was you guys obviously you blew Avonworth out of the water. Or it was Northgate, not Avonworth. Mm-hmm. Um, but the whole second half, I think you and Will Gibson both had like four dunks each. And I was interviewing you both, and I was like, what got into you guys? And you told me that you were you guys were talking about the slam dunk contest, which was on that evening on xbox and you're like we're gonna have our own dunk contest mid-game and that's what i wrote about do you remember talking about this do you remember that game yeah so you know me and will used to try to have dunk contests after practice he his bag was a lot deeper than mine i didn't have too many dunks but you know so in game dunks was my time to like kind of make it even because he couldn't do nothing too crazy even though i think he did something like a 360 or something that day yeah but yeah so we yeah we definitely we used to have conversations like that all the time just playing a game just just simple stuff we would be like i'm gonna just go try it and the dunk contest inspired us i definitely remember that yeah dude i i i remember getting assigned that game because it was like a first round i'm like why are we even covering this they're gonna win by 40 and then like i was like well this is pretty sweet like they're just (laughs) literally the kid couldn't get past half court and they would just get a steal and they would take turns (laughs) dunking um and then the other question i have before we started the game is actually for jake and gavin you asked mj what's going through his mind during that pick six six Take me through your points of view because you guys just drove down the field to score. Izzy ties it at 31. You're probably on the bench regrouping, hoping they get a stop. And one play later, the whole game's different. What's going through your minds? Did either of you actually see that play or did you have to wait for the replay? Take me through your point of view on that one for the both of you. Yeah, no, I was I was sitting on the bench. We were like regrouping, just like getting some plays together. Like, all right, if we get we get another chance to go out there and like the four minute drill, we're going to, you know, run these, you know, three, four plays. And I'm, I'm watching the screen kind of really not paying attention to boards at all or the O line. And I just, I see the, I see a deep pass and I'm like, Oh my God, he's wide open. Like the guy was I'm MJ. You can correct me if I'm wrong. He was like wide open. And all I see is it through his hands and MJ right there. And I'm like, Oh, this is, he's going to crib this. And <laughs> uh, we just are, we, we started going crazy. The whole stadium went crazy. I mean, I was, I was super excited, but I mean, unbelievable play that's one's gonna go down in history forever yeah i mean i was standing on the sideline i was actually watching it uh i saw him wide open and i saw him throw the ball and i was like oh shit like here we go the first down or something and it went right through his hands and i was like oh my god and then i saw mj right behind him and I, you caught it and i was and yeah I, from then i was just going crazy you know i ran on the field obviously pretty sure everyone did at that point <laughs> i i i at that point in time had written a story pretty much because we have to file a story as soon as the game's over. So I wrote a story about you guys losing to West Virginia. And I was like, all right, we're putting the finishing touches on this. And then as soon as that ball hit MJ's hands, I was like, control out the leak. We're starting over from scratch. Like it was completely, <laughs> completely new work day with like a minute and 10 seconds left or however much time was left. All right. So MJ, uh, we do a game on this show uh, each week. And it's a little different every time. Jake and Gavin, it, do you guys have something to write with and a piece of paper nearby? We do. 
Yeah. MJ, do you have something as well or no? No, I could grab some real quick. All right, yeah, I'll give you a couple seconds to to go grab something real quick here. So I, I mixed it up a little bit today as we kill time here. Look at Gavin with his with his notebook. Yeah. Do you guys still get school supplies as we as we fill time, or is it more just like laptop and iPad now? I mean, we get we I get books. I don't know about you because you're in grad school, but I get yeah. books. But I mostly do everything on my computer. Fair enough. Yeah, it's, it's a computer base. Right. I feel like school nowadays. I've always just been someone who likes writing stuff down. But all right, all right, everybody ready? Right. Yeah. Yeah. So we have. The game for this week is Backyard Brawl Trivia. So there will be five questions. Uh, the first four are worth 10 points each. And then the fifth one is kind of like Jeopardy, where it's a final Jeopardy. You can risk as much or as little as you'd like. Um, okay. Jake is the defending champion in games on this show. He he came out with the dub last week over Blake, Zubovic, and Gavin. So you guys have your competition cut out for you. All right. First question, worth 10 points. You got to write this name down. This former West Virginia kicker missed field goal attempts from 20 and 32 yards out in the first half of Pitt's historic 13 to 9 upset against West Virginia in 2007. You said we got to yeah. write the name of the kicker? Name of yeah. the kicker. I can promise mm. you all of you it's, know this person. It's easy. You, you definitely know him. This former WVU kicker missed field goal attempts from 20 and 32 yards out in the first half of Pitt's historic 13 to 9 upset over the Mountaineers in 2007. <laughs> you guys have five seconds to reveal your answers. Four, three, two, one. All right, let's see who you guys got. I don't even have anything. I don't. I don't. I'm, I, I yeah. blank. He has a show. I know yeah. you have a show. I can't. It is Pat McAfee is the correct answer. Pat McAfee, mm. All-American kicker at West Virginia, went on to become an All-American <coughs> punter. So Jake gets ten points. Nothing for MJ and Gavin. All right. Question number two. This Pitt coach was in attendance when West Virginia famously upset Pitt on a last-second field goal from forty-three yards out to win the Backyard Brawl in Morgantown in 1975. This pit coach was in attendance oh, yeah. in 1975 to see the Mountaineers upset Pitt on a last-second field goal from 43 yards out. I'm going to give you guys five seconds to show your answers. Four, three, two, one. Reveal your answers. Who do you got there? Coach <sighs> Sig, you got Salem. Salem. I got Coach Junko. <laughs> Junko actually might have been there, but the coach <laughs> that I was referring to is Coach Frank Signetti, uh, whose dad was on the West Virginia staff. And if you go watch the video of that on YouTube, you see a 12-year-old Frank Signetti Jr. storming the field with the West Virginia fans. I actually wrote a story about it today. He still has a piece of the goalpost that they pulled down after that game while celebrating. I thought that was kind of a cool, cool little fact there. All right, we'll go. We'll uh, we'll move from 1975 all the way up to 2022. Last year's backyard brawl set a city attendance record for a Pittsburgh sporting event with 70,622 people watching at Acrisure Stadium. That record was previously held by Pitt in a home game against who? Hmm. 
So West Virginia's game against Pitt last year set the city's attendance record. <coughs> that attendance record prior to the backyard brawl last year was another Pitt game. It was against what opponent? You guys have five seconds. Four, three, two, one. Reveal your answers. Wait, I, I said Clemson. Clemson. Jake is correct. It is Penn State in 2018. Jake, were you on the team that year? No. It was, you sure it was 2018? Was it in 2016? No, 2018 was the bigger crowd. Damn. Yeah, I was on the team. That was that was an ugly game. Yes, that was a very ugly that game. Was, that was the final Jesus. of the four. You were on the team? Was that the game <laughs> it rained? It yes. rained. It was nasty. It was cold. I was there. That was my senior yeah. year. Yeah, that was, that was an ugly one. Yeah. Um, final score was 51-6 to six in favor of Penn State. All right, so we move on now. These, this is a multiple choice question. Here we go. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Here we go. <laughs> We're back, baby. All right. This former pick quarterback threw five touchdowns to lead the Panthers to a 41-38 triple overtime win over the Mountaineers in 1997. Was it A, Tyler Palco? B, Pete Gonzalez, or C, Alex Van Pelt? I'll read the question again. This former pick quarterback threw for five touchdowns to lead the Panthers to a 41-38 triple overtime win over the Mountaineers in 1997. Was it A, Tyler Palco, B, Pete Gonzalez, or C, Alex Van Pelt? You guys have five answers, or five questions, or five seconds, I should say, to show me your answer. Five Four, three, two, one. Let's see him. MJ, I can't see what you got here. Oh, you said Pete Gonzalez. That's what uh, Gavin said. Jake, what'd you say? I had Van Pelt. It was Pete Gonzalez. B is the correct answer. Let's go, MJ. So MJ and Gavin are on the board, which is good because they can actually gamble something for Final Jeopardy. Would have been really tough if you had no points. That was a sad story. On the final question. (laughs) All right. This one's probably the hardest one. So, Pitt. Oh, first off, how ma- how much are you guys willing to risk here? I'm guessing Jake and – or Gavin and MJ are risking it all. Yeah. Jake, what are you risking here in Final Jeopardy? I'll, I'll risk uh, – I'll go 20. All right, Jake, we'll go 20. Come on, dude. Live a little. <laughs> I mean, he is living a little. If you, this, if you guys get it, you guys oh, win. Man. All right. You should have went 19, Jake. That way you're guaranteed to win. But (laughs) anyway, Pitt owns the longest win streak in the Backyard Brawl's history. How long is that win streak? Is it A, 15 wins in a row, B, 7 wins in a row, or C, 11 wins in a row? Hmm. Again, Pitt owns the longest win streak in the Brawl's history. How long is that win streak? A, 15 games in a row, B, 7 games in a row, and C, 11 games in a row. All right, you guys have five seconds to reveal your answers. Four, three, two, one. Let's see what you got here. Jake says A, Gavin says B. MJ, what would you say? 11, the C. Jake is correct. From 1929 through 1946, Pitt did not lose a football game to West Virginia. Jake improves to 2-0 and on the season. Just 
absolutely dominating these games. Very impressive here. That's all we'll have for this segment. MJ, thanks for coming on. Anything you want to plug before you head out? I think he might have already head out. So I guess that's a, <laughs> that's a no. So, all right. Well, we're going to take a quick break. When we come back, we have four down territory to wrap up the show here on In the Trenches with Jake Cradle and Gavin Bartholomew. Stay tuned. And here on In the Trenches with Jake Cradle and Gavin Bartholomew, <coughs> we are wrapping it up with four down territory here. And uh, guys, before we get started, Gavin, we need to know who four down who brings us four down territory. Yeah, uh, this segment is sponsored by Rendeen Consulting, uh, helping companies staff integrate and optimize their technology systems. Call four one two nine six five. 5933 three for your technology needs. All right. So, four down territory, as always, we start first down with a headline read. This headline is from 937 The Fan. It reads Jakovic or it reads Jakovic bothered by his play, comma adults who booed him. Guys, there's no sugarcoating this one. And it is probably something you'd rather not talk about, but it's a headline, and that's what we talk about on this segment. So what are your thoughts both on, you know, A, getting booed, that's certainly not fun, and B, how Phil reacted to it after it happened? Yeah, I mean, it's one of those things where, like, I'm not sure anyone likes it, but it's just one of those things that I think it was – I think it was warranted. You know what I mean? Like, we uh, – like, I, I always say us uh, – like, when I mean us, I mean like the guys up front. You know, we did not play a great game. Like us up front deserved to get booed. Like we weren't playing good. We didn't help fill out it any. And uh, you know, and that's one thing that I know. I mean, it just comes with part of the game. It comes with the platform you're on. You know, you're gonna get booed. I mean, these these people pay decent money to come see you play, and you put on a show like that. It's like ah oh, shit. Like that, it makes sense. You know, I mean. Do I want to have every game? No, I mean, I want to play well enough so where it never happens again. But, you know, this week in West Virginia, we're going to get booed. Like, that's just the nature of it. There's going to be 70,000 people just booing us, throwing shit at us, you know, saying whatever they want to say to us and just something that you have to deal with and have thick skin and something that we'll, we'll all get, you know, passed. And I'm sure, that, you know, we get a big win this week and the fans will all show up against uh, North Carolina. So I'm excited for that. Yeah, I mean, getting booed at home, you know, definitely sucks. It's nothing that any of us look forward to or want. But, um, I mean, after the way we performed, I mean, it kind of had it coming at some point. Um, no one is, should be pleased uh, with that performance we had. But, you know, we're going to be better uh, this week. But, you know, going to West Virginia, you know, like Jake said, we're going to be getting booed by everybody. So it's going to be the same stuff. And um, I think just moving forward, you know, just got to play our best ball. All right, so we'll move on to uh, West Virginia here on second down. The the category is say something nice. Guys, I know this goes against everything in your pit man instincts, but say something nice about West Virginia. What did the Mountaineers do well? Um, they're, they're a talented team. They, uh, they have a fast, you know, really aggressive defense. I mean, they're going to come after us, and we just got to be ready for that and just got to scheme them up and play our best ball against them. Yeah, I mean, they're pretty solid. Uh, I don't know offensively, but defensively, you know, they got some guys that could uh, fly around and make some plays for them. So, you know, we just got to take care of our job and, uh, you know, 
everything's fall in place. On on this note, I want to just follow up. It seems like they kind of do a lot of the same things well that Cincinnati does. You know, like they're 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 a good running team. They have, I think, a pretty strong defensive front. Would you guys agree with that? Do you see some similarities between those two opponents? Yeah, definitely. That's a that's a great assessment. I think I think you know, just like Cincinnati had a great front seven. I think uh, I think West Virginia has a really good front seven as well, and that's something that we're looking for forward to the challenge. And you know, it's something we just gotta we gotta embrace and go into a hostile environment, and you know, just do what we do and do our job. Yeah, I mean, they kind of run defensively, somewhat of you know, like a similar defense to Cincinnati. So you know, game planning wasn't crazy this week, but you know, we added some stuff to uh, you know game plan, and uh, you know, we're ready to go down to West Virginia. All right, third down, the Jake and Gavin podcast player of the week. Guys, practice player of the week, I should say. Who are your practice players of the week? We'll start with Gavin on this one. Uh, I'm going to go with Rodney Hammond. And I say that just because, you know, he hasn't had as many carries as I'm sure he wanted or some of the people. But, um, you know, even through all of that, you know, he still had the uh, hard work, dedication, you know, go out there every day mentality, you know, practice. You know, like it was his last practice. You know, he took – his preparation very serious this week, knowing that he's got a big opportunity this week. So, you know, it'll be exciting to see what he does. Yeah, you know, just, just like that one pick from the same room, I think uh, Sebo Flemister had a really good week of practice. You know, we uh, we go against our uh, defensive starters, and, you know, he he took one, I think. I mean, Gavin can correct me if I'm wrong, but like 80 yards to the house, you know. He, it was the first play, too. Yeah, first play of that period, too, and he just took it right to the house. I mean, just – broke a tackle and, you know, took it long. And so, I mean, it was, it was good to see that happen and, you know, good to see the blocking come together up front. But, um, yeah, I think he was going to have a great week. And, you know, I think uh, another one defensive player is uh, DeAndre Jules on against a lot this week. And a uh, dude, he, he looks better every week. So I'm excited to see him, you know, really flash and make some splash plays for us. A uh, bonus question here before we get to the final question of the show, how sick are you two of hearing John Denver? <laughs> that that West Virginia song. I mean, I I, oh my. I hear it just walking around your facility and everything at practice. I mean, that's got to drive you guys crazy. Yeah, it it does. I mean, it's just one of the things you we know. Like, if it's a school that has a song that you know they really play and use a lot, we're gonna hear it all week. You know, warm ups. You know, post practice, during practice, water break. Like, it was just constant this week, and it's just like I'm excited for you know. Thursday to end, and then Friday just to debrief, and then Saturday we can hear it again, and then not hear it again for. I mean, I'll hopefully never hear it again unless I want to listen to it. So, <laughs> that's, yeah, I'm, I'm excited for that to be over. Yeah, no, it's I'm definitely sick of it. Um, I was in the weight room today, and I had lift, and they start they tried to get interesting, and they started playing like remixes to the song, and they were awful. They were not good at all. It was my ears are bleeding still, so. <laughs> All right, fair enough. So uh, we wrap up with keys to victory, guys. In five words or less, tell me how Pitt goes into Morgantown, gets the win. Protect the passer. That's that's it. I'm gonna go with protect the ball. All right, protect the passer, protect the ball. Let's see what happens, guys. Great show as always. Again, thank you to MJ for coming on. Hit that subscribe button for everyone who's tuning in. And tune in again next week for another episode of In the Trenches with Jake Cradle and Gavin Bartholomew. Thank you. 
Thank you for checking out this content from Post Gazette Sports. If you enjoyed the video, please like it and subscribe to our YouTube channel. Check out our Apple Podcast channel for more podcast content. Click below for a special deal of 99 cents for a three-month subscription to the Pittsburgh Post Gazette.